Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Bluecoats went to Boston and conquered. BYU beats UMass, but which player enjoyed the best weekend ever for BYU? Did BYU guarantee itself a bowl game with a win on Saturday? And if so, where do we want to go bowling? And the latest projections. Plus, Jimmer Fredette drops a career-high 75 points. 75! Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, November 12th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with your weekend party planner, Jerem Jordan. And what a weekend party it was, my friend. It was. It was a great weekend for the majority of BYU teams. Special shout-out to the women's soccer team. Didn't get it done against... TCU, but a tremendous season for the ladies. It seemed like everyone else won, uh, and it was a great weekend, man. We're feeling good on a Monday. Yeah, and a special Monday at that. It is Veterans Day observed. Of course, yesterday was the actual holiday. Uh, we just want to give our collective BYU Sports Station shout-out to all members of the military who have served, are serving, and are getting ready to serve. We appreciate everything you do for us so that we can do stuff like this. And we have a helmet that's been to Afghanistan and back uh, yes. on our on our set, which is really special to us. I was born on an Air Force base. Both my parents were in the Air Force for a time. And so I, growing up, I had a uh, great appreciation of the Air Force. It was really fun to go to the Portland Air Force Base and see all the F. 14s and 16s flying over and just like real pride there so thank you to everybody we really really do appreciate it yeah a salute to service for sure from byu sports nation here is today's show lineup espn's trevor maddox will join us in 15 minutes what was the best thing he saw from byu on saturday and can even trevor maddox sleep on new mexico state jerem i'm gonna ask as you should (laughs) the rarest of rare things happened this weekend in going for two and i mean rare We'll discuss that in about 30 minutes. Details coming up. And in 40 minutes, where are the BYU Cougars projected to go bowling in the college football season? Where are we going? More importantly, where do we want to go? Yeah, we, us, the show. Where do we want to go? (laughs) We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football scored 35 unanswered points on their way to a 35-16 win against UMass for win number five on this season. At the home of the Patriots, Gillette Stadium, both Sione Takitaki and Isaiah Kafusi recorded career highs, 14 tackles each. Hey, Sione, what were your coaches and teammates saying to you in the second half? I just kept hearing, put the nail in the coffin, keep going, keep going, keep fighting, keep playing. And so um, even though we were up, we just kept playing hard because we know we can, we're, we're a good team. And, and so um, I'm happy how, how the outcome came. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, 14 tackles in the stat line is a good indicator that he listened to the message. Keep, keep going. Keep going. BYU will return home for their final home game of the 2018 season, Senior Night, as they host New Mexico State Saturday night, ESPN2, 10:15 Eastern Time. By the way, today we should find out about the TV in time for BYU in Utah, which is next week, by the way. Get excited. Let's go. Ooh. Overlooking a certain opponent. Cougars in the NFL. Taysom Hill had four carries for 24 yards and a tackle in the Saints' 51-14 win over (laughs) your Bengals. Uh, Kyle Van Oy led the Patriots with 13 tackles and a loss to the Titans. He has the most interesting stat lines every game. Yes. Four runs for 24 yards, a pass, a punt block, and a tackle. Lined up at tight end as well on a play. Taysom doing Taysom things. BYU basketball. Amidst 
a really weird situation with the sanctions on Friday. They found a way to get it done against Utah Valley. 75-65, TJ Haas led BYU with a game high of 23 points, including these three. On the rebound is Harding. Haas for three. Yeah, three for TJ, none for you. The Cougars prepare to face Northwestern State at home tomorrow, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. Watch that game live on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio. And Jimmer Fredette scored 75 points. I'm going to repeat that. 75 points (laughs) on 71% shooting in the Shanghai Sharks' loss to the Beijing Fly Dragons. Jimmer also tallied eight boards, seven assists, and four steals. Former Baylor guard Pierre Jackson. Uh, scored 63 in the same game. So some fun facts about this. Jimmer scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. 40 in the fourth. <laughs> wow. Silly numbers. Pierre Jackson, who you mentioned scored 63, hit the game winner at the buzzer. Jimmer had put the Sharks ahead, like with a few seconds remaining, and then Pierre Jackson stole a, it away by game. one point with a game-winning three. Defense was checked at customs, apparently. Yeah, Jimmer doing Jimmer things, and ESPN ran full highlights of the CBA of game. Do. Of course they did. Love Come some on. Jimmer. We all do. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Five wins for BYU football following a 35-16 victory against UMass. At the home of the New England Patriots, Gillette Stadium in front of about 14,000 fans, half of which were BYU fans. Yeah. Incredible showing. Yeah, it was awesome. Incredible showing. Super warm, too. In a cold environment <laughs> yeah, with BYU at four and five going into the game. Cougar Nation That's showed awesome. up. They nice showed job. out. They were loud. BYU rewarded them by pulling off a 19 point win. And what we feel like, Jerem taking a huge step towards getting back to a bowl game. Oh, that's happening. There were a number of key contributors in this game. Like, there were several individuals that had huge games. So my question to you is, who was Saturday's MVP amidst all of those great individual performances? I'm so happy it wasn't clear-cut. There's so many different guys. And to me, there's not one guy that sticks out, except one. Talon Shumway. Oh. Only had three catches, two for touchdowns, and it was the first two touchdowns from BYU down 10-0, the uh, Talon Shumway has really emerged the last couple games, okay? First five games, this guy had two catches for 28 yards. The last five games, 17 catches, 285 yards, 16.7, a catch, and three touchdowns. He has become the leading receiver, in my opinion, for BYU. He's the deep threat. He's caught multiple passes of 40-plus for this team, and now he is the team leader in touchdowns, and until Saturday... Spencer BYU only had one player with multiple touchdown catches. That was Gunnar Romney. Now your team leader is Talon Shumway. There you go. 16.7 yards per catch. It's good. Really good. Especially in this offense from what we have seen. And he's, he's a junior. He'll be back next. And a shout-out to Neil Pau, who had a couple of oh, play of the game. nice catches, including Incredible the play catch. of the game in double coverage and a nice throw from Zach Wilson. Yeah, I like Talon Shumway, and I feel happy for Talon because it's kind of been a long, windy road for him, and now he's emerging. But I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball because the turnaround happened when BYU's defense locked down UMass. They gave up 10 early, the fumble by Alevahifo, short field. They had to go 20-something yards to get into the end zone, and UMass is up 10-zip. The defense did not give up a point for about the next 45 minutes of game time. They gave up a garbage touchdown late in the game, but they went on lockdown, and they were led by 
a senior, Sione Takitaki. 14 tackles, multiple tackles for loss. He led the charge along with Isaiah Kafusi. The yes. linebackers were amazing. They were so really Sione good. Takitaki gets my MVP nomination from Saturday's win against UMass. What about Rhett Sandlin? Two sacks. Three tackles for loss and a punt return. That was awesome as well. <laughs> a punt that traveled yes. zero yards. That was incredible. Like I, That was featured and that was weird in the BYU TV Sports post. As it I mean, should be. It, it was weird. As it should be. Okay, 10 games into the season. A team is what it has done, not what it's thought to be. Okay, And at this point, BYU is top 35 in the following uh, allowed. Points, yards, yards per play, rush, and pass yards allowed. Is BYU's defense being overlooked, Spencer? A little bit, and I think that some people jumped off the BYU defense bandwagon after back-to-back performances against Washington and Utah State. Gave up 35 on the road in Seattle. Those were ugly. And then come home and get torched by Utah State, giving up 45. But now we're starting to learn. Utah State's like 14th in the eight people. What? And they score 50-plus consistently. The rapture is soon. That's all I I think it's a sign of the times. I really do. So I think people were like, hey, maybe the defense isn't that good. Eight of the ten games, if you take away that hiccup, and it was a major hiccup against Utah State and Washington. Sure. BYU has held all of their opponents under 24, Jerem. The magical Bronco number. Eight of ten under 24. That's really good. Yes. And so I think that, yeah, because of the 45-point outburst, with your rival, the Aggies coming to town in Provo and doing that, people kind of were like, eh. A rival, not the rival. Let's be A careful. rival. Let's be careful. The defense is just kind of, they're okay, whatever. This defense is good. I think they're good. I, and I that's think... without Zane Anderson. Exactly. And then, and then Butch Powell has been hurt slash just beaten out. And I Zane guess, was hurt. He tried to play hurt against Utah State. Right. So, better situation. A lot of opponents have been hurt by Utah State. All good. Yes. Oh, my goodness. They're, they're real. They're 9-1 and one and ranked 14th and 13th in both of the polls. Yeah. So, I, I think that this BYU defense is underrated. I do. I think they're really solid. Yes. Uh, it's the strongest side of the ball. BYU's offense is growing, emerging. First-time play caller. Uh, freshman quarterback. A lot of freshmen uh, playing on that side of the ball. So, yeah, you're right. BYU's 5-3, by the way, in those eight games you referenced where BYU's held an opponent to 24 or fewer. Should be a little higher. Okay, BYU's offense didn't score quite enough. BYU uh, has only scored 24-plus in five games. But in the last three games, BYU's allowing 19 a game. And more importantly, when BYU's gone on the road in neutral, Michael Shelton just loves how the Cougars are playing, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. On the road or neutral, away. BYU's giving up 23.3 a game this year. BYU's been really good on the road, with the exception of, say, Washington. And and at the time, Washington was ranked 11th, okay? In comes New Mexico State. And they were healthy, for that matter. Right. Uh, 83rd in FBS at 27 a game, have scored 24-plus in 6 of the 10. Uh, BYU's a 23.5-point favorite, by the way, in this game. Um, top 35 in all those categories. Those are all the relevant categories uh, for this defense. Top 27 percentile. So, essentially, wow. essentially an upper fourth kind of defense, which is good, which is really good. And uh, BYU's got a lot of seniors on that side of the ball. You're going to lose some some big names in Corbin Kafusi and Sione Takitaki and and those guys, but you're going to bring back on Woloku and Troy Warner had a really nice pass breakup. It was good to see him thrive in that moment. And this defense is good, man. Zane Anderson will be back. It'll be good. Well, and here's the thing. Some people say, well, yeah, so BYU's defense is, they've gotten better and, and they put up good numbers, but who have they played recently? We're talking about a team that went to the Boise Blue and held 
a really good Broncos offense with the all-time leading passer in Mountain West Conference history, Brett Rippon. Who, who, by the way, is ranked again and beat ranked Fresno State. They're 8-2. To 21 points. Boy, State's good. BYU was two yards away from beating that team. BYU's played one team with the losing record this year. One team, and it was UMass. So, yeah, Boise State's in that mix. And Northern Illinois is 7-3 and three and on pace to go Six back to. 6-0 in the MAC. Yeah, they're unbeaten in the MAC, and they just put up 36 uh, in their most recent game. So, the schedule's tough. There's a reason BYU's 5-5. Five and five. The schedule's been different. Should be, we feel like they should be 6-4 and four with a win against Northern We're Illinois. 7-3, score some points. 6-4. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing a lot of good things, this, this BYU defense, and putting their team in position to win a lot of games. Yes, because the defense doesn't win you a game unless they score. It's the offense that does that. They put you in position. Yes. Jerem, we joked about this earlier a couple of this, times this in the show. It's not a joke to me. Okay. No joke. <laughs> no, take this the joke. serious out. matter. Did BYU guarantee themselves a bowl invite after Saturday's win against UMass? Yes, BYU's playing New Mexico State. 23.5-point fave. That's the opening line from You going 17-plus, Brad? Different, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> calling it right now. BYU will beat New Mexico State by 17-plus. No backdoor cover from the Aggies, okay? ESPN FBI, which has never, ever been wrong in the hit. Okay. 94.2% win percentage. By the way. Wasn't that the same as Wisconsin had to beat BYU in Madison? Yes, and McNeese opening line. By the way, in eight of the 11 games for BYU, the line was more than 10, either for or against BYU. So there's not a lot of uh, line parity this year. Not a lot of single-digit margins in terms of the line itself. BYU can show up with a C-minus game as a team on Saturday and still beat New Mexico State. You're saying, like, by one? Yeah. Like, if we're going grades, like, New Mexico State I, could play. I graduated. I do not want to think about They could play, grades. like, a even if New Mexico State plays their best game of the season, like a B or a B-plus game, and, and BYU's C-minus, the Cougars are still going to win this game. This is not the same New Mexico State team that beat Utah State team in a bowl game last year. BYU's going to a bowl game. They will beat New Mexico State. The question is, which bowl game will be available? Because the Cougars are a free agent to ESPN. And it all depends on how many of the power conferences, or conferences in general, Yeah, group of fives too. With all their locked-in games, how many spots they can fill. Because at so- somewhere along the line, there's going to be a conference or- that doesn't fill all of their bowl game contracts. And then that's where ESPN says, hey, BYU is available. Put them there. For example, let's say the American has six bowl games that it's contracted to, or eight or something, and they only produce, let's say it's eight, and they only produce six. So now there's two games that could be filled by somebody else. That's where a BYU would come in, right? It was supposed to be the Poinsettia Bowl this year, but that bowl game just went away. So BYU is the 2016 Poinsettia Bowl champs forever. It's a beautiful thing, right? Well, the reigning, sorry, that they already had, the reigning Poinsettia Bowl champs for the rest of time. Yes, Shout out to Jay Swaggetti, who ran wild against Wyoming in the San Diego rain. Our uh, question, oh, go ahead. The time is in for BYU and Utah. Oh. The time and TV is in for BYU and Utah. Here it is. 10 Eastern oh. on FS1. It's a late kick. It's a late, it's so, so eight, 8 Mountain, 10 Eastern on FS1. Oh, Your reaction. Cold. Your reaction. This is my, my microphone, even though you have another one. I thought for sure it would, it would show up somewhere That'd between be one thirty and 5. Mm. Like, I'm, man, an 8 p.m. kick for this game. Listen, it makes sense that Mountain and Pacific time zone games are later in the day. It just does. 
Like, like you, you get all the eastern and central ones out. They have the tradition. You know, uh, Plymouth, you know, they settled in Plymouth. So naturally, everybody stayed in the east. The majority of the U.S. is in the east, you know. So this makes sense. And I'm, con- I'm finally content with it this year where I go, eh, it just is what it is. I was right on the channel. I thought it would be FS1. Yeah. But, man, I, it's a little bit later than I thought about. I Saturday thought Night Lights. 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. For the PM. kid that grew up a Utah fan. Now, going Jared, against tell, me, the tell, me the, uh, tell me the duo that's going to call the game. I'm going with Joe Davis and Brady Quinn. That'd be great. I think they're really good. <laughs> they are good. Yeah. Maybe. And maybe they get it because Utah's ranked. U- Utah's a ranked team now. So I have, I'm yeah. sure FS1's like, yes, we want that game. It's a yeah. rivalry game, and there's a ranked team. In okay, 10 Eastern FS1 next week for Utah. November 24th. Excited, man. Snap the streak. Hey, BYU's got to take care of New Mexico State before they can focus on Utah, Jerem. That's not true. I'm focusing on Utah this whole week. Our question of the day, who was BYU's MVP in the win at UMass as we take a look back at Saturday's win? 17 plus. At Shea Lawrence C on Twitter says, Rhett Sandlin, two monster sacks and the punt return. Yes. Where has he been hiding? <laughs> he was a tri- we gave him the AAA MVP on the postgame show. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, going for two is good today. Well, it's good for you, I guess. Yes. What was the best thing ESPN's Trevor Maddich saw from the BYU Cougars on Saturday? He'll tell us next. Don't sleep on New Mexico State. This is BYU Sports Nation. Or should we? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today at 1 Eastern, Greg Rubel talks with BYU football coordinators on Coordinator's Corner with Jeff Grimes and Ed Lamb. It's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern time at the top of the hour after us on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We are live on Veterans Day from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN on demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYUSN whenever you want. I should say Veterans Day observed because yesterday was the actual day. But, again, we send our love to all those who have served, who are serving, or who will serve to protect and uh, work for our country. Our question of the day, who was BYU football's MVP in the win at UMass? At TX Colonel tweets in, I'm going with Corbin Kafusi. He was a menace. Sacks in the backfield. Field goal block to squash their hopes. Hashtag BYUSN. He's playing hurt, too. He's got that big elbow brace. He's got an injury. He could probably just end the season, get ready for the draft if he wanted to, but he's playing through it. So, yeah, he's one of many guys. I didn't think there was a clear-cut guy. I thought there were many guys, which is a good problem. Good for Corbin, too, playing through that injury. He's got some NFL numbers, and by that I mean prospects are taking a good long look at him. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline to discuss Corbin Kafusi, the BYU defense, and all things BYU football on Saturday against UMass is ESPN College Football Insider and friend of the program, Trevor Maddich. He's back for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, welcome to the program following a BYU win. Wow, feels good. It feels good. This has been such a crazy season because there's been so many times that that I've called you guys just feeling so deflated after just a frustrating loss. But after a big win like this, and this was a big win, it feels so good. 35 unanswered points for BYU after they surrendered 10 early in the game. And they really dominated uh, from about seven minutes left in the first quarter through the end of the game. Trevor, what was the best thing you saw from BYU on Saturday? The fight. I mean, up there in New England, it's cold. There's every reason to get down to a team that's hot 
with a star-wide receiver and a quarterback that can hit him and take a half a step back. If BYU down 10 nothing would have done that, then Andy Isabella and that passing game could have just taken over that game and run away with it. But instead, they gritted their teeth and they fought back on defense and then on offense as well. And that, to me, was the thing that stood out the most. It was that they had every opportunity to just open the door a crack for UMass to run away with it, and they slammed that door shut, and they took it back, and I love that. My favorite part of the entire experience watching that game was the fact that BYU executed the play that they needed to execute against Boise State on the first touchdown. Talon Shumway with the slant, so I thought, okay, there it is. So next time, it's going to work, it's going to happen. And that brings me to this. You talk a lot about the receivers and the fight and wanting guys to emerge. Talon Shumway had three catches. He had two touchdowns. The last five games, he's really emerged as a guy that's kind of become the number one receiver. What do you think of Talon Shumway and this receiver group at this point now? I love him. I just, I just love him. I love him as much as I was concerned about him for the last couple of years. And I think Shumway is one of the guys that has led the way. In watching this game, and I watched it on a panel of eight games, right? So I've got like a quarter of an eyeball on that game and a quarter on another game, uh, and then I'd shift them around. And whenever I saw him catch a ball, it was often in traffic with a fight. I mean, early in the game, he caught one like that. It was like a slant, and there were guys all around him, and then there were more guys there, and he didn't just fight to catch the ball. He fought to stay up, fought to keep the ball from being stripped out. And I just looked at that, and I thought, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's what they need. And you know what? That's, uh, that's what a young quarterback needs because Zach Wilson, he knows the BYU receivers as fighters. He doesn't know them as guys that he wonders if he can trust them or not. And that's been the case for quarterbacks in recent years at times. But now I think that they've given him, the young quarterback, every reason to trust them so that he can put the ball into a tight spot. And they'll either take it or they'll make sure the defender doesn't take it. And Shumway, I tell you, I'm just, it just makes me proud to see how he has, has led the way in that kind of an attitude. Yeah, add Neil Pau to that uh, list as well, who made a couple of fantastic catches for BYU and Zach Wilson. In your mind, Trevor, who was the MVP of the BYU-UMass game on Saturday? I mean, you're right that that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. Because every time I looked up, 53 was flashing. Isaiah Kafusi everywhere. He was everywhere in this game. But if I had to pick one guy, I think I'd take Sione Takitaki. It's, I'm, I'll be sad when he leaves, just like when Fred Warner went off to the NFL. Sione Takitaki is that guy. And, again, I'd, look, I'd glance over at the BYU game. I'd watch it for a while, and that 16 was up on the screen on an ISO. And I said on College Game Day on ESPN Radio at one point during that, that time period that – uh, that you'll be seeing Sione Takitaki in the NFL. I mean, this is a guy that, that brings everything you need to be a, a good contributor at the next level. And at this level, he's a bell cow. He's one of those guys that, that leads the way. And I think it's his attitude and his playmaking that really helped BYU, not just as a defense, but as a team, turn it around when it looked like UMass was going to run away with it. He's played outside linebacker. Uh, defensive end. He's defensive now playing end, middle yeah. linebacker for this team. Where do you see him in the NFL potentially? I see him as a linebacker, and I see him as a special teams terror. You know, we'll see what his straight line speed is at the combine. I'm not sure exactly what that is, and that will determine in some ways what role they play him in. But I think NFL teams are starting to figure out that it's not just the, the measurables that make you a winner. 
You know, there was a time when if you were an amazingly productive college football player, but, you know, you weren't quite fast enough in the 40 or you weren't quite big enough, they didn't really give you a chance. They labeled you as that, that limited guy. But then some of those guys started doing it, especially at the quarterback position. I mean, you, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and now first overall draft pick Baker Mayfield out of Oklahoma, shorter guys that are belying what used to be the the thought that you had to be 6'2 to 6'5 in order to be successful as a quarterback in the NFL. I think Taki Taki is the same way. Now, he looks plenty fast to me, but we'll see what the, what the speed is in the actual clock. But I think NFL teams will look at him as a guy who, regardless of what that number is, is, is somebody that knows how to win. He will make your locker room better, and he will make plays on the field. So I see him at a minimum as a special teams terror who could contribute in the rotation of linebacker. Trevor, let me set this next question up with the following. BYU's defense, in eight of the ten games this season, have collectively allowed less than 24 points. On some occasions, single digits. Of course, the Northern Illinois one stings because they only gave up seven points and still lost. But at this juncture, after what we've seen from Utah State, who put up 45, but they're scoring on everybody, is BYU's defense underrated? BYU's defense is underrated. This is a team that statistically, nationally, is in the top 36, top 40 of all the major statistics. Points allowed per game, yards per rush, yards per pass attempt. The things that really are the measures of a defense. And they're in the top 40 in all of them, not just really good somewhere, but struggling in others. And with the schedule that they've played against Washington, against Wisconsin, et cetera. This is, a, this is a team, Boise State, I mean, really good offenses that they've faced. They've been consistently outstanding for the most part all season long. And if you look at Wisconsin, just as an example, Wisconsin, only three teams held them to fewer points than BYU did. Those teams are Michigan, Northwestern, who just clinched the, the Big Ten West Division Championship, and Penn State. All of those three teams that held Wisconsin to fewer points than BYU did were on the road. BYU played Wisconsin in Wisconsin and held the Badgers to their lowest point total at home of any team that they played this year. And BYU's defense has done this in a season where often the offense disappeared. A lot of times you've got a great defense. It's partly because the offense either grinds out long drives and keeps the opposing offense off the field, or they light up the, the scoreboard and force the opposing offense to go into desperation mode. I mean, Alabama's defense is fantastic. And I'm not comparing BYU's defense to Alabama's. But Alabama scores so many points that opposing offenses have to lay back and try to throw the ball and put themselves in a vulnerable position with the quarterback in the pocket and, and passes that are having to be forced into risky windows in order to come back. Now, again, I'm not saying that BYU's defense is Alabama's defense, but I'm saying that Alabama's defense has that advantage of an offense that lights up the scoreboard from the first quarter on, and the Cougar defense has not had that support. And so I think all that adds up to the fact that this BYU defense, I think, is, is one of the, the underrated, unsung, terrific performing groups in the nation this year. BYU plays New Mexico State, Senior Day, bowl eligibility on the line, So, and then Utah the next week. 23.5-point uh, favorite, 94% chance to win. Do you feel like BYU can sleep on New Mexico State, Trevor? No. <laughs> no, they can't. That BYU can't sleep on anybody. They, they dozed 
at the beginning of the first quarter against UMass and before they got their wake-up call. They can't afford to do that against anybody. Now, New Mexico State doesn't do anything very well. Their defense isn't very good. They don't run the ball very well. Uh, they primarily pass because they don't run well, but they don't pass well either. This is a game that BYU ought to be able to win with their B game. But if I'm BYU, I do not look ahead to Utah at all because BYU is a team still, because of the youth, especially on offense, that a few turnovers deep in their own territory, like we saw against UMass, uh, those kinds of things can can turn a game. And so I think they need to really focus and bear down as if this game were the Super Bowl for them. Now, part of the reason is they don't want to let this thing get away because of some bad breaks. The other reason is going into the Utah game, you do not want to have established a, a recent pattern of not playing with everything you've got regardless of the opponent. You want to carry a momentum of excellence on every snap of urgent focus on every snap from the New Mexico game into the Utah game in order to have a chance to win that one. ESPN's Trevor Maddox with us on BYU Sports Nation. We just broke down the UMass game. Looking ahead now to BYU hosting New Mexico State this Saturday night, 10-15 Eastern, 8-15 Mountain kick on uh, ESPN2. Trevor, senior nights are always interesting, and BYU has a guy named Tanner Mangum that is now the backup to a true freshman in Zach Wilson. I know football has no sentiment in it. It is a meritocracy. It is the best player will play. That's what coaches rely on to win games. That said, New Mexico State is so bad. How much should Tanner Mangum play in that game as a senior on his senior night? Well, I think they should give him, they should give him some time. They should allow him to go out there. And what that means, a, a few series, a quarter, Whatever that means, it's important to, to pay off everything he's given to this program because he's given a lot. I mean, he's had multiple different coordinators. He's had to play after being injured. All the things that take away any opportunity at continuity for a quarterback to be able to really get everything he can out of his potential through no fault of his own and no fault of BYU's own really all conspired against Tanner Mangum having that kind of a consistent opportunity. And I think that for the, for the fans to be able to thank him properly, he needs to be on the field. He needs to do some good things. And then I, truth of it is I'd, I'd almost stop the game, you know, you know, at, when he comes off the field for the last time, whatever it is, I tell him just stay out there and wave. I'd call timeout. You know, and, and let him wave to the crowd. Let the crowd show that appreciation because a contribution to a program isn't always in winning. It's not always in big stats. It's not always awards. Sometimes it's it's what you gave. And I think Tanner Mangum has given with the best. Uh, tradition of great attitude that that BYU would ever want any player to give, and I think I think it'd be great if he's rewarded for that with that moment. Hey, you want to talk about what Tanner Mangum gave to BYU this season? Just look at the two early road wins at Arizona and at Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. He, as whether you want to call him a game manager in those situations or not. He was the quarterback, and he had to put guys in the right position. So he absolutely has contributed. And I like the idea of, uh, of letting the, the crowd thank him uh, whenever he, he leaves the game. We'll, we'll see. Assuming people are there to thank him. It's going to be cold. <laughs> and it's late gonna be and cold, late. man. It's going to be late. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, an interesting senior night for sure. And what we know will happen, though, is you know it's hard to single one guy out because you've got Sione Takitaki. You've got a whole bunch of seniors that are, that are like that, that are like Tanner uh, from a standpoint of what they gave. 
um, and and you know that they'll have the opportunity as a group to be to be thanked. And again, if they if they decide not to give Tanner a special moment, uh, I understand that. Uh, but I think I think the crowd as they cheer those seniors, part of it will be in in appreciation. Because once again, I mean, it's 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 really easy to go out there and play great and win and have your NFL future in front of you. Um, it's harder to be that guy when it isn't going your way. And Tanner's been that guy no matter what's happened. Trevor, great stuff. Always great to talk to you on uh, on a Monday, and we hope you enjoy your Veterans Day observed. All right, thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I still think you can sleep on New Mexico State. Anyways, BYU still needs one more bowl to become, one more win to become bowl eligible. But that's not stopping us from looking at the projections because where do we want to spend the holidays? Yeah, that's what it's all about, really. And BYU has faced four or has faced three and are now slated to face a fourth current AP Top 25 team this season. We'll look at all of the opponents and how they fared this past college football weekend. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. It's a BYU Hoops week on BYU TV. We have three games this week on our air. Awesome. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, starting Tuesday night, the Northwestern State Demons. The Demons are in Provo. Take on BYU (laughs) at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Exercise the demons. I do want to mention this. Tuesday night is going to be a Super Tuesday because you have, after further review, at 7 Eastern, BYU Football with Klein Stake, hosted by your boy Spencer yep. Linton, and then uh, BYU Basketball live at 9 Eastern. Yeah, I got to say goodbye to Kalani and then sprint over to and the And then Marriott you go sideline the men's basketball. Let's go, man. Yeah. Super Tuesday. Yeah. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with today's headlines. BYU Football. Beat up on UMass 35-16 on Saturday at Gillette Stadium. Both Sione Takitaki and Isaiah Kafusi had career highs in tackles with 14 apiece. Also, game time and broadcast details for BYU-Utah on November 24th were announced about 20 minutes ago. FS1 will carry the game live at 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain Time. Saturday night kickoff for BYU-Utah on November 24th. Cougars in the NFL update. Taysom Hill had four carries for 24 yards and a tackle in the New Orleans Saints 51-14 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, who else in the NFL has four carries and a tackle besides an interception return from the other team? Kyle Van Oy led the Patriots with 13 tackles, but the Titans took out the Patriots. Yeah, how about that? BYU basketball beats Utah Valley 75-65 in the home opener on Friday night. T.J. Haas led the Cougars with a game-high 23 points. BYU, as Jerem mentioned, We'll welcome a trio of opponents this week, beginning with Northwestern State at home tomorrow, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Or Roberts Thursday, Alabama A&M Saturday. It's going to be a fun Saturday. And then we all got to sprint over to Lavelle Edwards Stadium after the basketball game. Exactly. And Jimmer Fredette scored 75 points in the Shanghai Sharks' loss to the Beijing Fly Dragons. Jim Ralph tallied eight boards, seven assists, four steals. Former Baylor guard Pierre Jackson scored 63, including the game winner at the buzzer in the same game. Jimmer has now gone 70-plus in two games in the CBA. Like it's one thing to do it once. He's now gone for 70 or more twice. We were talking about this. Is there, like, there's a money exchange rate, right? Is yes. there a points exchange rate for, like, so the Chinese Basketball Association, do you have to score? So every 2.8 points equals one point that would well, be see, in the NBA See, or I think it's 1.8. Like, e, no, that's low, man. I think if Jimmer shoots the ball the way he does, he's capable of playing. It's not about playing. shooting. It's about who's defending. He's capable <laughs> 
Uh, I, and I no still one think was that, defending him. I still that think that's, that's like maybe like a 40-point game in the NBA. We'll go 30s. We'll, we'll mess with our exchange rate. Yeah. All right. Yeah. CBA points, exchange uh, points exchange the rate. Jimmer exchange rate. <laughs> <laughs> Jerem, uh, I noticed that you're particularly happy about this next segment uh, that we get to work on. It's called Going for Two. Uh-huh. Can you predict the future? Yes, I did. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Jerem, lead us off because you're so happy. For the game, the standings were Spencer 9, me 5.5. Number one, BYU will score four or more touchdowns. Nailed it. BYU scored five. Thank you. Hefo and Shumway combined for the four. That was great. Matt Hadley with the fifth. And number two, Andy Isabella, the leading uh, receiver in the country for UMass. Won't have 100 yards receiving. Isabella had 85. Got 30-something on that last trap. Made me a little nervous. I'll be honest. I wasn't paying attention. I forgot what I picked, actually. Uh, so I went <laughs> two for two. Oh, I was paying attention. This morning I was like, I don't even remember what I I was paying said. very close attention because that last drive killed me in one of my picks. Oh. Number one, I said BYU would win by 14-plus. Yep, covered. I took the Cougars to cover. They won by 19, 35, 16. Number two, I said Andy Isabella won't be the game's leading receiver. And until that last stupid drive, Neil Pau was the oh. leading receiver in the game. Neil Pau. So what did Neil, Neil ended up with? 62 uh, or 64? 62 yards because he yeah. caught a 40-yard pass. Neil Pau was Jeff the game's leading gotcha. receiver. Was that the double? That was the double uh, thing? Hadley to Wilson to Pau? That play got you? Or was there a different catch on that? No, no, no. So Isabella on the last drive, he catches a long. Oh, he becomes. He became, I get it. I get it. I get it. He became the game's leading. Oh, so I needed that. You would have gone two receiver. for two had it not been for that. Yes. Oh, wow. well, that, that last was, hey, garbage drive. Listen, Mark Whipple and those guys got my text. Um, good to know. So I, instead of trailing by three and a half, I'm now trailing by two and a half because halves exist in this. So like BYU, I'm 500, Jerem. I'm 10 out of a possible 20 points. Through ten games this yeah. season, okay. you went two for two. You're up to seven and a half. I don't think I've gone two for two all year, so that felt good. <laughs> Thank you, UMass. Alan Shumway and I both did two of something. As we do every Monday, we look at all of BYU's opponents this season and what they have done, beginning with the team that BYU will next play, which is New Mexico State. Roll the music. The Aggies. Picked up their third win of the season in a 52-42 win against Alcorn State. Running back Jason Huntley scored two rushing touchdowns, one receiving TD, and a 99-yard kick return touchdown in that win. New Mexico State will not get win number four on Saturday night. Utah beat Oregon 32-25 despite no quarterback Tyler Huntley broke his collarbone last week. Running back Zach Moss uh, towards meniscus, climbing into bed like a previous injury. It was a weird situation. Ugh. Jason Shelley got his first start at quarterback, threw for 262, rushed for two touchdowns. Oregon really blew it at the end. Uh, Utah ranked 21st in the AP poll with a 7-3 record. Now, a look back at the past opponents for the Cougars. Arizona had a bye, so the Wildcats still 5-5. Five and 5-5. Five, five. Five and five. Cal snapped a 14-game losing streak to USC. That was a good team. They're 6-4, bowl eligible, sure. Sure. with a 15-14 win against the Trojans. How about that? It was see stinks. Okay, Wisconsin. Remember them? Mm-hmm. They dropped to 6-4. Ugh. 22-10 loss at 23 Penn State. That was a huge win for BYU. Remember the first thing I said, if BYU, what if BYU beats Wisconsin? I said, then Wisconsin wasn't that good. And unfortunately... Not as good as we thought they were. Wisconsin has four losses. 
We thought they'd be like a 10-win team in the regular season. Unfortunately, that's not the case. However, that's still a awesome win for BYU. In Madison. Yeah. Like, the other three losses that Wisconsin has, Jerem, have all been on the road. I told you they played somebody this year, so they lost. They they've, they've all been on the road. At they weren't going to be the same. Team. At Michigan, at Northwestern, and the loss at home to BYU. McNeese State dropping their second game in a row, suffering their third loss in four as they lose to Northwestern State 37-34 Northwestern in State. double overtime. They lost to Northwestern State? That's who BYU plays? In basketball. Oh, that's right. How about that? Yeah, there you go. And Washington, the Huskies had a bye but moved up three spots in the AP poll to 17 at 7-3. and three. So they've recovered. Yeah, there are a bunch of BYU opponents in the top 25. Four right now, in fact. Woo! Three the Cougars have already played. Utah is the other one that BYU will play in 13 days. Utah State. <laughs> the best team on BYU schedule, unbelievably. <laughs> Seriously. Racked up 804 total yards of offense that's on their way record. to a 62-24 win over San Jose State. Granted, the Spartans have one win on the season, but... The Aggies got to hand it to them. Nine and one. They're ranked 14th in the AP poll, 13th in the coaches' poll. Northern Illinois beat Toledo 38-15 Wednesday night to improve to seven and three overall. Six and zero in the MAC. They're on fire. Boise State upset 16th-ranked Fresno State 24-17 last Friday night. The Broncos are now eight and two, and they're ranked Jerem at 23. They'll host Utah State in two weeks to what looks like determine the Mountain West Conference Mountain Division Championship. By the way, the BYU-Houston men's basketball game on November 24th, we've been waiting on that time based on the Utah time. I would imagine that game will be an afternoon game. Early? Perhaps a 1 o'clock or a 4 o'clock. I'd love it. We'll see. We'll see. Let's go. Make it early because I want to watch that game and then go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please don't be like 6 o'clock. I want to watch that basketball game. Yeah. Coming up, where do the experts expect BYU to be spending the bowl season? More importantly, us. And, yeah, where do we want BYU, us, to spend the bowl season? Let's look at them and pick, (laughs) right? There are four major projections out all over the map. I'll take the minor ones, too. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday is the date Eastern. Watch or listen to BYU football with Kalani Satake. Tomorrow night, Spencer Linton chats with Satake, a player and an assistant coach. It's Tuesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Part of a special Tuesday tomorrow with After Further View, BYU football with Kalani Satake. And then BYU versus Northwestern State men's hoops. Yeah, Kalani uh, patted my chest after, more like punched a hole in my chest with his big old paw and said, You're good luck. Let's do it again. So I said, Okay, we'll do it. Kalani Satake show tomorrow night. And this just in, uh, we will have a special encore presentation of BYU against UMass in its entirety tonight and tomorrow at 10.30 Mountain Time, 12.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, You can watch that tonight and tomorrow, BYU versus UMass in its entirety. There were several people on social media hitting me up specifically saying, how do we we watch it again? How do we watch it again? 10.30 p.m. Mountain Time, Mm -hmm. 12.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Tonight and, and tomorrow. tomorrow. So if you can't stay up that late, DVR it. Uh, and I'm, I'm serious. I probably had 10 people say, how, how do we watch this game? I couldn't watch it live. There you go. There are your uh, rebroadcast rights. Uh, welcome back, my friends, on Veterans Day Observed to BYU Sports Nation. We are nearing the college football bowl season, believe it or not. Yeah, we have two more weeks. Whew. Well, we are essentially one month away from the first bowl games. We are. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy, like 31 days or something like that. Anyway, 
Uh, with that said, BYU has been featured in a number of major publications, bowl projections after 10 games. We'll start with ESPN, Jerem. Both Kyle Bonagura and Mitch Sherman have BYU taking on North Texas, the mean green, in the first responders bowl located in Dallas, Texas. That's on December 26th. React. I, I like Dallas. Yeah, that would be great. Dallas is a great city. How about them Cowboys? The 26th of December. Beat the Eagles last night. Is the tough date, but it's hey, part of the hey, deal. Part hey, of the deal. We're in sports broadcasting, man. Whatever. Let's I, go. Trust me, I get it. SI.com, First Responders Bowl versus North Texas. Okay, so they okay. have joined ESPN. So they basically just copied it. They piggybacked on ESPN. <laughs> SI.com. Or vice versa. Cougars and North Texas in the First Responders Bowl. SB Nation. Now, this is interesting. The Quick Lane Bowl against Western Michigan in Detroit. That's like a de facto road game yeah. for BYU on December 26th in Detroit. Well, BYU and Detroit and bowl games don't mix. You remember the 98? Oh, I remember the Motor City Bowl. Motor City Bowl. Not good. I have Kevin Federick's jersey from that game randomly. <laughs> he wore the, You have well, the game worn jersey. Well, he was on the ground a lot, and it's pretty clean. But I do have the patch, so I don't know if it was like the backup or they made it later. Anyway, um, I paid 35 whole dollars for that at a banquet when I was a sophomore in high school. Anyway. That's like the most random thing I have. Uh, CBS. Belk Bowl versus Pitt, December 29th in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is the best matchup, time, and city of all of these. That's Jerry Palm from CBS making those projections. Our guy, Jerry. All right, never mind then. <laughs> BYU Pitt would be fun. That would be great. That'd be a fun I, I think that'd be awesome. Yes. BYU's run defenses for Pitt can run the rock, dude. They're good. Power five. This of all the ball projections, this is the only projection that has BYU taking on a power five team. I'll take that. Because you know I love stacking the power fives. <laughs> and a ball game's different. Yeah, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. And the sporting news. Yes. Bill Bender, friend of the program, has BYU playing old Mountain West Conference. Rival San Diego State in the New Mexico Bowl. I've been to the New Mexico Bowl in 2010. Uh, I would love to see Breaking Bad sights. So I'd be fine with that one. December 15th. And it'd be early. Knock it out early. In Albuquerque. Yeah. There you go. San Diego State. Buey's playing San Diego State next year. I mean, San Diego State's good, good ball club. First Responders Bowl from ESPN and SI.com. The Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit from SB Nation. Belk Bowl in North Carolina from CBS. And the New Mexico Bowl. From the sporting news. Okay. Let's just oh. hope BYU goes to a bowl game. They win this Saturday, and then they go to I would very much love Charlotte. I don't think that's going to happen, but I would love that. Let's just keep saying it. Maybe it'll come true. Coming up, Jim Fredette kept saying 75, and then he scored 75 points. But was it enough to beat the Fly Dragons? Daniel Sorensen is back from the IR. No more injury. Making his presence known for Kansas City in a big NFL win. Details in the whip next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Did he go to the DR while he was Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, Trevor Maddish. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast, BYUSN.com, for full episodes with moving pictures. Somehow during this 60-minute program, we didn't have enough time for Dennis Pitt. Our apologies. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU beat UMass 35-16 Saturday in Gillette Stadium. Sione Takitaki and Isaiah Kafusi. 14 tackles apiece. Talon Shumway and Aleva Hifa both scored two touchdowns. And a reminder, a special encore presentation of BYU versus UMass in its entirety airs tonight and tomorrow at 10.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Kick time and broadcast, or I should say coverage start time and info has been released for BYU-Utah and the rivalry showdown. FS1 will carry the game. 
10 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, November 24th. Men's basketball. BYU beat Utah Valley 75-65 in the home opener on Friday. T.J. Haas, game high 23 points. BYU hosts three games this week starting Tuesday with Northwestern State at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Volleyball. Number one ranked and undefeated BYU beat San Francisco on Saturday in senior day. BYU hit a 537 clip for the match. Fourth best overall in program history. However, BYU announcing an unfortunate bit of news that McKenna Miller will miss the rest of the season with a knee injury sustained Uh, on Thursday night. Worst. Soccer. That's terrible news. Number 24, BYU women's soccer lost 2-1 at TCU in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Congratulations to the team for a tremendous season. Won the West Coast Conference again. Finished 13-5-1. Women's basketball. Beat UC Riverside 72-70 in their home opener in overtime. Four Cougars scored in double digits. Brennan Chase, Paisley Johnson leading the team with 18 points apiece. Jimmer! Scored 75 points on 71% shooting in the Shanghai Sharks. Lost to the Beijing Fly Dragons. Cougars in the NFL. Taysom Hill had four carries, 24 yards, and a tackle in the New Orleans Saints 51-14 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Kyle Van Oy led the Patriots with 13 tackles and a loss to the Titans. Jamal Williams had three yards on three carries in a Green Bay Packers win against the Dolphins. Dennis Sorensen, back after being injured for the first part of the season, had five tackles for the for the Chefs mm-hmm. against the Cardinals. Great googly moogly. Michael Davis had four tackles in a pass breakup on a L.A. Chargers of San Diego, 20-6 win over the Oakland Raiders. Nice. And Ziggy Ansah, don't call me Ezekiel, <laughs> had a tackle and the Lions lost to the Bears. Cross country. Hey, shout out to the cross country team still killing it. The men's team doing work over the weekend. They're pacing. Both got an at-large. Yes, they both got an at-large. Today's rise and shout. I'm going to give it to the BYU defense, Jerem, the football defense. Tremendous day. Another outstanding performance. Question of the day. Who is BYU's MVP in the win at UMass? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. At DVG63 answers on Twitter. The fans that travel to support the team. It was cold. It was cold. And BYU had a losing record. Amazing showing. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Steve Kafusi. Coordinator's Corner with Greg Rubel is up next. Go Cougs.